Welcome to episode 89 of the FarmExec podcast. I'm Elaine Quilici, Senior Editor of FarmExec Magazine, here along with my co-host, Assistant Editor Miranda Schmalthus. FarmExec Magazine is a multimedia publishing brand that brings you the latest commercial insights for the C-suite. On this week's episode, Miranda and I have the pleasure of speaking with Audrey Greenberg, co-founder and executive managing director of the Discovery Labs and the Center for Breakthrough Medicines. Audrey talks about the current climate of cell and gene therapy in Philadelphia and beyond, and what her organization is doing to support this area. Let's take a quick break from our sponsor, and we'll be right back with Audrey. What if you had limitless access to customer insights, accelerated timelines, and set fees? At TrueSterum Network, we're fueled by connections in virtually every area of healthcare as part of MJH Life Sciences. The result? Audience-fed creative and more powerful content in less time. TrueSterum Network, releasing what's real. Find out more at TrueSterumNTWK.com. Hello, podcasters. Today, Miranda and I will be interviewing Audrey Greenberg, co-founder and executive managing director of the Discovery Labs and the Center for Breakthrough Medicines. Audrey's here to discuss how cell and gene therapy has turned Philadelphia into Silicon Valley and how her organization is playing a role in that growth, even beyond the city's borders. Thanks for joining us today, Audrey. Yeah, thanks for having me. So how did Philadelphia earn the nickname Silicon Valley? It's a great question. Philly is really the birthplace of cell and gene therapy with most of the viral vector and cell therapy technology invented here at both Penn and CHOP. We have the first approved cell therapy in Kimraya, the first approved gene therapy in Luxterna, and we're really at the epicenter of innovation with the top cell and gene therapy scientists based at CHOP, UPenn, Christiana Care, Jefferson Health. Those include Wilson, Carl June, Merchant, Bennett, Grupp, Catherine High, just to name a few. And there are a number of other current factors outside of our innovation and scientific center that really make us the number one region for cell and gene therapy, thus giving the name Silicon Valley. The first is there's tremendous NIH funding. We have over a billion dollars annually in NIH funding. In addition to that, we also have an incredible influx of capital from private equity and venture capital with exponential growth. We had $4.5 billion in cell and gene therapy investment deals in 2020 from Passage, Invax, and Amicus, just to name a few. And Greater Philadelphia really is home to some of the top names in biotech and pharma. We have over 50 cell and gene therapy companies headquartered here in AeroBio, Cavaletta, Charisma, Century, Gyoscope, Scout, Spark, Swan, Immunity, Xylocor, I could go on and on. And that is in addition to the large pharma presence, which includes AstraZeneca, J&J, GSK, and Merck, just to name a few. We also have, third, proximity to an international airport was really ideal with access to cold chain storage and the supply chain, which we all know is really important during the vaccine. And we have a talent-rich environment as well. We have over 70,000 life science professionals, which call Philly home, and over 10,000 of those have specific experience in cell and gene therapy. In addition to the current talent base, which is in short supply right now globally, but in a surplus in Philadelphia, we have new talent being churned out every day from over the 40 four-year colleges that we have here with life science programs producing over 20,000 STEM graduates a year. And then lastly, I'll say about Philadelphia, we have over 20 million 
square feet of life science real estate with another 2 million in the pipeline, really making it one of the top life science clusters globally. What role has the Center for Breakthrough Medicines played in the growth of cell and gene therapy, both in Philly and globally? Well, I think it's pretty well known, but I can't emphasize enough just the lack of capacity and lab space that exists in the market right now. Customers and innovators that need to expand horizontally manufacturing space is in very short supply. So the Center for Breakthrough Medicines is a contract development and manufacturing organization that specializes in cell and gene therapy. Fierce Pharma recently reported that only 1% of the current demand for manufacturing is being met, and we're bringing online over 700,000 square feet of CDMO cell and gene therapy space, as well as a tremendous talent pool of professionals on our team at the Center for Breakthrough Medicines. We've put together an incredible team of cell and gene therapy, development, manufacturing experts from around the world, and we're here ready to fill the gaps that exist, not just in terms of space, but in terms of services and analytical methods that are incredibly necessary for cell and gene therapy. What's the current climate of the global cell and gene therapy marketplace? Yeah, there is a therapeutic revolution occurring right now in medicine. We can now cure rather than just treat disease. Cell therapy cures cancer. Gene therapy cures genetic inherited disease. There is so much capital flowing into the space, even with the pandemic. We saw over $20 billion in annual financing in 2020, which is a 200% increase over the prior year. And in addition to the capital inflows and the technology revolution, we also see that the FDA is fast-tracking these approvals. There's more than 1,200 CGTs and advanced therapies in clinical trials, and the FDA is projected to approve 10 to 20 new cell and gene therapies per year through 2025. So how do we address some of these current climate really pressures that we're experiencing on the supply chain? And otherwise, first, I would say speed to market is critical. With the lack of lab space and long queues at CDMOs, we need to bring ready-to-go capacity online. And that includes substantial investment in facilities and equipment and materials and processes and expertise. And it's really not enough to just build out, build out, build out. The industry needs to introduce really serious improvements to the manufacturing efficiency because getting there is going to take expertise and innovation. And also, most importantly, regulators and the FDA getting behind a standardized viral platform so that we can take what's learned in the past and apply it to the future to really bring products to market for patients that need them faster, that's going to be crucial. And I also just want to say that change is needed in both the upstream and downstream process in manufacturing. The upstream phase really needs to see, this is where cells are grown, by the way, it's particularly lacking. We need to see changes in the forms of better cell lines and suspension cultures and upsize scale. And we also need, in terms of downstream, better purification methods. And I just want to just point out a stat. In terms of the cell and gene therapy manufacturers, 88% of viral vector manufacturers outsource in some fashion, either fully or partially, and 52% of cell therapy manufacturers outsource. So we need to have a CDMO like the Center for Breakthrough Medicine that has ready-to-go GMP space that is commercial ready from day one, audit ready from day one, so that these companies can move through the process much more quickly. And by combining both this large-scale cell and gene therapy manufacturing and coupling it with 
research partnerships from cell and gene therapy technology experts really provides industry-leading solutions that do not exist in the marketplace. Lastly, I'll say what's interesting about the Center for Breakthrough Medicines is our relationship with the Discovery Labs. The Discovery Labs is a real estate platform, so we have access to tremendous expansion capacity for those that start doing business with us and want to continue as they grow to do business with us, but also those that want to build to suit their own manufacturing facility in our backyard. This hybrid strategy of outsource and insource provides the benefits of cohabitation. So customers can co-locate with their CDMO, which really enhances the tech transfer products throughout a product's life cycle on one site from discovery all the way to commercial manufacturing. What manufacturing and regulatory issues do cell and gene therapy face right now? So current therapeutic platforms are nascent. They're developed in academic labs. They're challenged by the ability to efficiently scale, replicate, and manufacture their therapies. And while the science behind these platforms will need to change over time, we really need the regulators, as you're asking about, to keep pace because the standards are changing and the industry is changing rapidly. There's very few that are investing in a professionalized, industrialized manufacturing solution, which really results in headaches with the CDMO tech transfer process and delays in process development. In addition, inefficient scale-up models, which will result in what you're talking about, the FDA approval speed bumps. So this strain capacity and inefficient manufacturing really needs a complex specialized facilities like ours at the Discovery Labs and our our resources at the Center for Breakthrough Medicines that really plays a role in the shortage of this. And I see that over the next six years or so, there's a hundred or more vector-hungry cell and gene therapy companies which are expected to cross the finish line. So once these therapies launch into commercial scale, they're going to need facilities, expertise, and methods to make that happen. I think partnering with the FDA and and helping to set the standards for potency assay and some of the things that have experienced hiccups over the past year will really result in faster and more efficient approvals and more patients getting the cures that they need. What have the COVID vaccines brought to companies understanding and managing of cold chain issues for cell and gene therapy? Yeah, that's a great question. So we all saw the strain on the system from COVID, not just in form of vaccine production, but also in terms of the materials and component parts that go into the manufacturing process. So we're looking at onshoring manufacturing to ease any issues in the supply chain so that it's right in our backyard, but also creating a cold chain supply so that like, for example, with cell therapy right now, autologous cell therapy is a vein to vein process. We're taking a patient's cells, we're genetically modifying them and delivering them back to the patient. Those cells need to be kept at a certain temperature and quality and purity along the way. So having that supply chain, that cold chain is really important. I think that was highlighted during the vaccine. And so people are building out. We're lucky in Philadelphia, we're based in Philadelphia and that the Philadelphia airport and some of the surrounding infrastructure has cold chain, but that's going to be needed around the country and around the world for autologous cell therapy. What do you think will be the greatest accelerator for gene and cell therapy moving forward? 
Well, first, obviously, collaboration is key. These are incredibly complex therapies to not only develop, but to manufacture. So collaboration will go a long way. Learning from each other will go a long way by leveraging off of proven processes. So for example, with rare disease, they were able to get through the FDA approval process more quickly and taking that platform and applying it to wider and larger indications will be key for helping patients get the cures they need. And then accelerating the development process for pharma and biotech biotechs. Also accelerating access, right? And so not just increasing the affordability of these therapies, but also the ability to access these therapies for patients suffering from genetic disease and cancer. That's our goal at the Center for Breakthrough Medicines is really to increase the affordability and accessibility of these therapies. And, and that happens by lowering the cost by using platform processes. There's a lot of patients and families that are suffering. They can't get the cures they need. And the quicker that we can get these therapies to market means more patients patients' lives are saved and more families are impacted. And ultimately for us, it's all about the patient. Does the cell and gene therapy area see much collaboration between companies? If so, in what way? Well, uh, collaboration, uh, where I see collaboration occurring and where there's a need for more certainly is between academia and the private market, right? And so a lot of these therapies, as I said earlier, are developed in academic labs. A lot of the NIH funding is coming into these research institutions, and that's where all the progress is being made. So if you can have a partnership between the academic or research institution and then a private company that's possibly funded by either, you know, IPO or private equity dollars, having that collaboration where the innovation is occurring, where the NIH dollars exist, and the ability to commercialize that technology with private capital is going to be really, really important. And that really, that collaboration between academia and the private market, the way I see it perfectly would be to have a private company that's a manufacturer, for example, like the Center for Breakthrough Medicines, partnering with an academic institution that potentially can improve the manufacturing process and scale it up at the manufacturing company is going to be key working on with academic institutions or researchers that are working on cell lines that can have higher yields and really having proven platforms to apply across the board will be key for streamlining the manufacturing and commercialization process which by the way, all of this can eliminate like 50% of the work to your first GMP batch and can save 50% of the costs associated with process development and otherwise. So having proven academic or otherwise processes and applying those and being the ability to license those processes is going to be key. Unless I'll say, I think that collaborations between equipment manufacturers that are creating upstream and downstream pieces of equipment that are either closed processes or more efficient in terms of an end-to-end will create for more efficient manufacturing and production. Audrey, thanks so much for being with us today. It's been really interesting learning about the growth of cell and gene therapy and what companies can expect moving forward. Thank you so much. It's so nice to talk to you guys. I'm very impressed by your program and I'm just so pleased to be able to be a part of it, representing the Center for Breakthrough Medicines. What if you had limitless access to customer insights, accelerated timelines, and set fees? At True Serum Network, we're fueled by connections in virtually every area of healthcare as part of MJH Life Sciences. The result? Audience-fed creative and more powerful content in less time. True Serum Network, releasing what's real. Find out more at trueserumntwk.com.
And now it's time for this week's leadership tips from pharma execs. Hi, I'm Audrey Greenberg, co-founder and executive managing director of the Center for Breakthrough Medicines and Discovery Lab. My leadership tip is that leadership is taken, not given. Don't be shy. Grab your seat at the table and share your perspective. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this week's Farm Exec podcast. We are always pleased to take you behind the headlines, provide expert tips from industry leaders, and give you an inside look at what the Farm Exec staff is working on. Remember, you can always find us on the web at farmexec.com, on Twitter at farmexec, on Instagram at farmexecutives, and on YouTube. The views expressed on this podcast do not reflect the views of FarmExec, its parent company, or our advertisers. For editorial questions, please email editorial director Lisa Henderson at lhenderson at mjhlifesciences.com. And for sponsorship opportunities, please email group publisher Todd Baker at tbaker at mjhlifesciences.com.